The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? We're going to do a cocktail called Army and Navy. The whole Army and the whole Navy? Apparently. It's a giant cocktail. It will be an interesting flavor. It's supposed to have some tartness from the lemon in it and then it has some angostura bitters and then it has orgette syrup which is an almond based syrup it's nothing i've ever put together before but (laughs) it'll be interesting so it's two ounces of gin and i use the empress gin because of the lemon being a light color you you get to use the color of the empress gin Mm. and then three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice half an ounce of the orgette syrup and a dash of angostura bitters the almond is really strong in yes this, as an yeah so it could be really strong i feel like it's going to be really strong god yeah it's like shoe polish oh. <laughs> <laughs> the what? almond and it, it leaves you with at the end literally feels like you took a bite out of your shoe polish yeah <laughs> so maybe this isn't a winner but it's and then it's sour <laughs> it's not sour in a pleasant way <laughs> I had this sinking feeling. This needs simple syrup. It has simple syrup in it. It, Do you need, want me to put it more? needs more because it's okay. over sour. Teaspoons in. All right. Then give it a stir. <laughs> He's scared himself for this. He's not sure. Maybe a third one. Well, just. Yeah, yeah, maybe a third one. You taste it. That's better. Does it need more sugar? It's not that it needs more sugar. I don't think you can do anything to this. No, to... I think it's not good. I don't think you can do anything to it to improve it. It's a, it's a very almond forward cocktail yeah and i don't know if that i don't know if that has something to do with army and navy i don't i know if it's that strong because it's i think they serve this to soldiers in the field to clean their weapons (laughs) that's probably true yeah it's a yeah it's like super it's just not pleasant it's not Uh, a pleasant cocktail no the gin is there 
The almonds well, the gin are just, you don't even notice because it's so almond forward. It's like so almond forward. So how much almond syrup was there in there? So you mix your almond extract with simple syrup to make an almond syrup. Okay. And that's what I did. Was it one to one? No. Uh, for the almond extract yeah. to syrup? Yes. And I actually added more syrup now, obviously, than what was in it. And it's only half an ounce. Was this almond extract like you put in baking? Yes. That's, you, oh. can use, you can use that. That's concentrated. I know. But that's why you cut it, cut it down. Huh. So we'll wow. see. You know, I don't, I don't know if I like it that forward. And I can't figure out how it's supposed to play with a lemon. It's a very odd cocktail. Yeah. I mean, I think if I were to make this again, I would use about a quarter of almond syrup. Yeah. About a quarter. Of, of what, what they say. Of what they say. Yeah. Because this Which is would too, be like an eighth of an ounce. Yeah, this is too almond forward. It's literally like shoe polish. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, oh, it is. It's like hey, that. we're supposed to have these cocktails every once in a while. I know. <laughs> This is one we don't like. Yeah, we don't like this one. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. So we had this amazing conversation with David in part one. I know, part one. Yeah. I'm chomping at the bit. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm looking forward to part two. So David, yeah. welcome yeah. to the conversation about CNC. So there's so many things you touched on in part one. You really did. You touched on communication. You touched on consent. You touched on abuse. You touched on therapy. You touched on you know, all sorts of things. So I'm curious what else is on your mind. So one of the things that we maybe didn't discuss the first time that I want to talk about, and it's something that is maybe a little bit more prevalent in the gay community. I'm not so sure that people in uh, straight realms use this terminology, but it's power exchange. So I actually, did I write down the little definition? Cause it was so damn good. I uh, ended up looking it up to see what other folks say. I actually don't see my little note on it, but Basically, power exchange includes a type of communicated exchange of desire where an individual is allowed a certain form or a certain level of dominance over another individual. The exciting thing about power exchange is it's a really precious and wonderful place for switches because there is room and it's desired that the dominant is actually pushed and pressed and like forced to like meet you in this exchange. It plays out a lot in like brat dynamics where there's someone who's a submissive, but maybe top from the bottom kind of vibe. And it's one of the more juicier (laughs) parts of this, in my opinion. Okay. So I really struggle with this because I'm definitely a switch. Yeah. Uh, And we're in a power exchange. And we're in a power exchange. And I didn't identify that early on. What became clear after spending time with Saffir when I thought... I had to be a slave because really everything in my being applies mostly to slave, except I want agency. Mm. And that pulled me right out of slave, which when I first came into the FET community, I felt like, okay, here it goes again. I'm an NFJ 
dash T. I'm already the rarest personality out there. And of course, now in the fetish community, I'm a rarity too. This is fucking great. That means my pool has become small, whatever that is, which is fine at the time because I was already interacting with Saffir, which is phenomenal in itself that we even found one another on FetLife. Thank you, FetLife. I'll just say that. Because truly when I was searching, I had no idea what even my options were. But I knew I needed agency. I knew that I could not be a lamp for my whole life. If Saffir got tired or distracted with me and decided to make me a bench or a lamp post or a I don't know, holding of a tray, could I be in that space with other individuals coming into the space? And I was like, nope, that's not going to work for me. And then I thought immediately the fear was if I define myself, then my options are even less. I'm fucking an odd person already. And I now my options are fucking even less. Luckily, (laughs) Saffir saw me. And allowed me to explore myself. What has happened in that was this consent, non-consent, from how you're explaining it to me, I'm seeing it constantly in our dynamic within the parameters of our consent. Because I, I definitely give a power exchange. I give it to Saffir to create. And then he creates it. And then, of course, post in aftercare, because we do come together as two equals in aftercare, as this is what seemed to work and not. Now, I also know what feedback I give him can be taken or not. That's up to him. And I accept that. Yeah, but just I want to just add one thing, David, and that is that I understand her full self-expression as a sexual creature. And so I'm not offended or threatened by her self-expression as a sexual creature. And the impact of that is that we've been able to explore her as a sexual creature way more completely than she's ever been explored as a sexual creature in a world where she's given up her total power to me. I want to say, first of all, what a joy the dynamic you guys have. I am, jealousy is not what it is. It's more just like, I'm very happy to know that somewhere in the world, people are doing the things that I hope for, like maybe humanity even as a whole. And that is coming out of the places you found yourself in, Lady Petra, where your options were limited and maybe the horizon was intimidating. But in that, right, like you are finding something that is working for you and you are willing to be intimidated, nervous, confused and move through those things to get to a place where you were valued and your needs were being met. And I want to commend you because I am someone who had to enter community with a lot of very intense desire that maybe I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to get those needs met. And it was a little bit intimidating to all of a sudden see that so many people maybe out there looked like they knew what they were doing. And they had these friends and folks and lovers and these very complex and intricate lives. And it was like very, just sort of like another world. And as I started to get more and more into these places, I realized a lot of us are in that same boat. So 
a lot of us are feeling like the people we are is maybe not as desirable to the whole. So one thing I'm learning about people, we tend to underestimate ourselves and in doing so cut off a lot of our potential. And one of the more interesting ways people do that is in how they seek mates. One of the things I've watched people do that is heartbreaking is the act of like self-mutilation for another, removing parts of who you are so that you better fit somebody's needs and their insecurities and fears. It is a very real potential inside the relationships we engage in. But what I'm hearing from you guys, which is super, super cool and exciting, and the stuff that maybe I hope someone takes from this conversation is you guys actually like each other. And more importantly, you guys are actually interested in the other person's well-being. You have a very intricate language for how you are loving and engaging with that person's needs and intricacies, but it's clear (laughs) that both of you are aware of the other person in a way that matters. And I think that when you have power exchange on any level and you flirt with somebody being like, we're going to throw out lesser because it's maybe the only word I have. When you flirt with the idea of someone being lesser or lower or not having as much agency, you also flirt with the idea of someone being able to trespass on that. And it's maybe dangerous territory for some folks. And I think it's, again, where communication needs to take place. But it's, yeah, so exciting to see that you guys are doing that right, maybe. I'll throw that even out there. Well, I will say this. I will say that because I'm a sadistic dom, I had to confront what that meant as a sadistic dom in the context of another human being, right? So that was my frame of reference was I'm interacting with another human being, but I'm coming from a place of sadistic dominance. And what I need is a submissive masochist to be the other side of that coin. Otherwise I can't be a sadistic dom. Can't have a masochist a submissive masochist not interact with me for me to be a sadistic dom. I literally have to have that. But for me, that doesn't distinguish the person. The person is the person and they have agency as a human being and they get to choose how they express their sexuality personally. And I don't get to dictate that. So my come from is to enroll her in what I'm up to as a sadistic dom And she has to choose to put herself forward ongoingly, like day by day by day, to participate in that experience as a masochist, as a submissive masochist. I don't get to just be somebody who abuses another human being. Like That's not my experience of myself. I want to have a partner who absolutely loves what we're up to. Like That's what I need. I'm going to step in here for a second. Because early on in our dynamic, I knew you as a sadist and had no way of knowing what that really meant. What I thought initially was, I need to be prepared for extremes, this extreme thing, even if it's out of my scope even, because I'm a mascus. I'm obvious, a mascus. I started as we started to, to identify with one another in our early in our relationship to grab on to my masochism and going, yes, I've always said in my professional career, I'm a sadist and a masochist because I'm a switch, right? And so 
I started to look at my masochism really closely and thinking it's been there since I was three. And masochism on the ordinary human has not been there since they were three. I was competitively swimming at three. I was being groomed for the Olympic trials way at young, like 10, 11, 12, 13, and then went to college. And then here I am again, Olympics again. And the only reason I changed sports is because I lost a pool. So then I just went someplace else. Tell me that's not a masochist looking for something. I don't have a pool any longer to abuse myself in. So therefore I'm going to find, okay, I can run anywhere. I can run anywhere. I don't need a pool. There's no parameters. And I played in that environment. When I look back, I played in an environment that I owned and didn't even know what to do with it. The reality is if I had actually trained at the levels that I know now, because I am a kinesiologist by mechanics. If I knew <laughs> what I know now to train at the levels, I'd be untouchable in athleticism, running specifically. And I knew that was there. I knew that was at my disposal. I knew I had this in my blood and I didn't know what to do with it. And I think there are people like me that don't know why they like what they like. But to dive deeper into it, the way I have with you, Saffir, has been phenomenal. I've, not that Saffir is lacking, but I've told him, listen, rhythmic movements work for me because I was a swimmer and a runner. Both of those movements, if you think about them, for 50 years now, have been rhythmic for me. So please make your movements rhythmic with me. Because I see a portal of access of the dynamic moving into something new because he awakens something that's deep inside me, that's, that's way integrated in my Yeah, and life. so just to give you a sense of where that's gone, she just told me today that the caning I gave her over the weekend was amazing. Yes, I did. I'm literally tapping my toes at caning. <laughs> I started bouncing up and down in my kitchen. I love that for you. So I want to touch on two things I held on to, and then I, I'm going to tie them into what you were just saying. So one of the things that I think is really beautiful, Safford, that you said is that like you're not intimidated by her being a sexual being. <laughs> like You are not made smaller by her being larger. In fact, you are like, please bloom like in in this space right so then then that is the part where the dominant part of you is like here's your hot house how will you grow you know what i mean and that's a very intimate and powerful exchange and i love that for you guys one of the things actually you fucked me up on several levels <laughs> lady petra it's uh one of the things i wanted to say so i do believe that there are some people who are hardwired they are hardwired for different shit my favorite example is feet there's actually something that transpires while people are developing their sexual interest where wires basically get crossed and the smell of feet becomes erotically charging. <laughs> there are individuals who seek those scents because they're the same pheromone connection that they get from like armpits or groins or somebody's hair. But for them, it landed with feet. 
And we can do our damnedest to make those people feel absolutely isolated and different and not the norm and be those folks. But I think it's actually really cool when we do the opposite. And we're like, what a fucking amazing thing. How cool for me that I get to learn about something new. How cool for you that you get to do something no one else is doing. And like, let's find out what's happening here. You know what I mean? It's just a very different way to like handle it. But tapping back into hardwire and <laughs> like this sort of like continuing expansion vibe is like you may have a predilection for a certain thing and that may exist inside you. But if you don't have an environment where you experience trust, you experienced true like opportunity for growth, you may never get to actually enjoy sort of the things that are a part of you without pointing at like an individual by name. I have had a recent exchange where I've been allowed to go a little bit further. And I actually may be the individual who stayed actually on the side of the fence. That's like, let's maybe go slow or I'm scared. I'm going to hurt you, my guy. Like, it's just like, it's a, it's a new one for me, but there was an experience the other day where we were in the middle of what we were up to and I was fucking him and like I was at the same time starting to like choke him and like cut off his air right and so we had been doing a few rounds of like artery blocking cutting off his air artery blocking slow movement to sort of that like really intense subspace you get from that and like as we were doing it I leaned in and I whispered to him I was like how do you like this dick (laughs) you know what I mean like how do you want this? Like, what is feeling good for you? And how can I make that happen? You know what I mean? It's blessings on blessings that this beautiful, fucking amazing individual was able to say just like this. And so the next time (laughs) I cut off that air and choked him, I gave him the dick how he wanted. And (laughs) I want to say that like, while I was absolutely in control of that and the dominant and performing acts that are absolutely considered abuse, this dude was getting everything he wanted and that's the shit i hope to facilitate in the world first of all but secondly that's the stuff i'm talking about where i say like this is exciting you know what i mean like consensual non-consent is exciting like there's so much there and it's messy and it's dangerous but i guarantee you for those minutes that we were engaged in that the type of intimate exchange that transpired there that shit is gold. I I don't care who you are. Like those things don't come often. And like BDSM is such a perfect fertile ground for having these experiences that exist on the other side of fantasy, exist on the other side of possibility. And you're the motherfucker who went out and got him. Like that has got to feel good on some level. So when we're talking, like just like anything, when I'm interacting with any person in my world, you're creating me and I choose to take what parts I'm going to take and not. And you're creating me right now because what I'm left with is this all encompassing. What she wants to get at (laughs) is that consent, non-consent comes from a time honored process of exploring the kink. It's It's not a one-time effort. It's not, it's not like, Hey, let's do this really quick and really fast. 
and let's just try to slam this together. This is an ongoing... But it matures, right? It matures yeah. through communication. That's really what you're describing. I am, sorry, this is, it, I love talking with you guys because like the natural cohesion here is like mind-blowing. So my next little like moment was I was going to talk about boundaries <laughs> because like boundaries are vital in every relationship you have. I don't care if it is your mailman. I don't care if it's your mom. I don't care who it is. If you don't have a healthy sense of what is allowed or not allowed in regards to your person, you are playing with fire and it's you're the one who's lighting it. So underneath boundaries, I literally wrote, will get messy and painful until it isn't. (laughs) And the thing that I, the reason I said that is like, this communication that we do and the adventure that we're on and this journey is a journey. <laughs> there is, yeah, there is no, there is no like arrivé. You're not showing up anywhere. You're not like landing. There is no permanent place of roosting. Like it is an ongoing process, especially because we're dealing with actual people. And I can guarantee you, I'm a person where you pop out of my life for three months and you come back and I might not be the same dude. So I can guarantee the people that I'm making love to, fucking, having sex with, they are not the same people. You know what I mean? So it is always the right move. It is always the right move to really be aware of the newness of these experiences, even if you are repeating something that is maybe written where you have all the rules. There's still a newness because these are people. You know what I mean? So... You're really hitting on, let's just say you have repeat performers that may interact with you months apart and you're continuing to evolve as a dominant. What I, and I don't even mean to label you as only a dominant. I'm just saying that in the moment, but as a switch for Saffir, it allows me space, at least the way he's created it and bless him for creating this because we have literally waited a lifetime to find one another, quite literally. To find him at this point in my life, to open this chapter, to be free, to express myself. Okay, let's just give it context. So let's just say anyone's vanilla or kink. I had a solidified context at 20, and that went on for 30 years in a abusive situation. So the wonderfulness is that I had an awakening and it's not that I didn't see it sooner. I saw it much sooner, but when kids are involved in a dynamic, I chose to invest in my children. But seriously, once my kids were of age, fuck all things and look for what I am. So it took me a while to find me. But what I found is this bliss that is, even in the pandemic we're involved in, is, I don't even know, I don't have the words. It's amazing. It's magic. I have an ability to have full agency as a submissive, as I am, like who my root is, who I choose to plant my seed with, is a dominant who matches me. And then allows me to bloom. And then on my switch side, I'm pretty sadistic, I'm quite honest. 
And I, at the same time, want to bring people to their full potential. And so if people aren't engaged with me at their full potential or want to be in that route, it's not interesting to me. It was like, you are fucking me up like so much over here. So like, I'm not going to do too much personal association because that happens to be my bag. But what I am going to say is like, so on the, I recently asked somebody, I said, if you were in your fucking twenties again, and you were going out into the world and you were looking at lovers and friends and relationships and that kind of shit, what would you be looking for? What would you actually be looking for in a partner? Like what matters now that you have all this information? And it didn't take seconds. First word out of their mouth was freedom. And it made me remember that like, while we play around and we absolutely embody these very extreme power dynamics, the only reason any of this is possible is because there is no active ownership. There may be ownership, but there isn't this active like, destructive need to imprison another individual out of fear or whatever the motivation is. I've noticed. Well, David, yeah, you're describing the difference between dominance and domineering. There we go. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So what's interesting is I, so recently, one of the stranger things that's happening for me, just in like different things that I am experiencing is I'm going through a new moment where I'm having to reassemble my ideas on who is going to have access to me, what kind of access they're allowed to have, what my obligations are to the individuals who have access to me, how much of myself am I willing to share in these spaces, how much of myself is off limits until X, Y, and Z are seen and experienced. And I'm realizing that as much as I've run through this world absolutely under the impression that I knew what I was doing, <laughs> it's every fucking time I catch myself going like, wow, I'm all new again. And it's like, the thing that I'm finding out is when those experiences happen, I have to reassess who I am as a sexual creature. And one of the things that I've been looking at a lot recently is that space between where you are in control of a situation and then where you are controlling a situation. Yeah, so one of the things that we ascribe to is this conversation around responsibility. We believe that both partners are 100% responsible. 100% zero. For the relationship. Yes. And so as a submissive, you have to create your dominant. And as a dominant, you've got to create your submissive ongoingly. It's not a one-off thing. You literally have to be in the space of dominance continuously. You literally have to be in the space of submission continuously. It's not a like a role play. It's not a light switch. It's not a light switch. It's literally you being completely responsible for creating the experience that you're up to in the world of consent and non-consent. But what I want to recognize also is there are people that role play and I don't want to disenfranchise them on kink in any way. No, this is not about that. This isn't about that at all. Yeah. What I'm talking about is people that are living the lifestyle. I don't wake up in the morning and think, huh, how can I be submissive today? Ah. There is no, huh, even though I'm a switch, I am aligned and dedicated to Saffir. So for me, what happens I'll just tell you my morning because I get up at fucking four in the morning. I think, okay, 
he needs to wake up to a household that is in order, however he chooses to use it. So I organize the living room. I don't organize it at night. When we go to bed, the the living room is disorganized. I don't organize the kitchen before we go to bed. It's disorganized, although he is super helpful on putting away food from what we cook the night. But in the morning, I take care of business. The kitchen is immaculate. The living room is ready for him in any way he chooses. And then I go off to work. And then I send him a text of my butt plug. Yes! And then I text him a good morning. And why do I do that? Yes, early on, he asked for those requests. But let's be honest. Let's be honest about this submission. If you're in it to win it, you're in it. And I do it unfaltering. I think there's maybe been one, maybe two times, like I forgot a plug over the last three years and I apologize. We came up with a a plan to fix that in the future. I am committed to this individual. This is the person I've chosen. There's no one else. That's it. Well, what she's getting at is how she's being responsible for the dynamic. Yeah. Can I please say that a butt plug plan is maybe some of the sexiest shit I've heard in years, but (laughs) I digress. So I want to say, like, first of all, before we end this, I'm absolutely going to need to know your sign, Lady Petra. And then uh, I also want to say, before I get back into what we're talking about, this athletes challenge myself, bring out the best in people. I fucking live for that about you. One of the things that I've experienced recently in the world is this very real and honest desire to like see people embody themselves. And it's honestly a little new to me because I tend to be in communities where tearing each other down is maybe more our mode than raising each other up. I guess what I think is maybe an important thing to touch on here so that this is like rounded up in a healthy way is that there's a thousand and one ways to engage with others. There's a thousand and one different needs on this planet, how, whatever they look like, whether that's intimacy, sexual desire, fulfilling a need. Uh, maybe you want to be your head rubbed by some, like on some big mommy milkers, like <laughs> who the fuck knows? But the point is, it's none of that is possible without first loving yourself. And then secondly, embodying that self-love, bringing that very healthy individual to the table And then looking out into the world with healthy boundaries and saying, who is allowed, right, to engage with this new beauty that I am manifesting and I am holding. And I listen to you guys talk right now and it makes me excited on a level. I'm single and I don't really know maybe if I'm looking for a partner on any level, but I'm certainly experimenting with relationships right now. And It's just listening to you guys is making me realize that like the things I hope for are possible. And while I have a lot of the information maybe necessary to like engage on that level, I um, haven't had the experience of being in a committed relationship where we engage with these things. So I have so much to learn at your guys' altar and I can't even tell you how grateful I am for this association. Well, I want to just say that my inquiry began when I made the choice to put kink forward in my relationship search, I made the choice that 
without my self-expression being completely unconstrained, relationship wasn't possible. So when I met Lady Petra and she became the foil for my sadism, (laughs) right? Like she became my submissive masochist. That gave us access to something that I wasn't able to access before, which was intimacy. And the ability to be with somebody who I meet on an equal footing sexually, to be able to say to her, I'm going to give you my heart in one hand and a knife in the other and let you be the person who expresses herself to me as a loving creature. That kind of level of trust wasn't available to me before. And it took something for me to get there. And it took something for her to get there. It took me longer. Let's just be honest. I espoused that I was there. Yeah, because but, but, but my you got there. well, but wait a minute. My context was that I thought I was there. I really, if you asked me at the time, I said, "Of course, I'm there." But what happened is my story was there instead, and it took I don't know several months or six months or something like that later, where it was a random thing that happened, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I actually said that like in a weird conversation, like there was no talking at the moment. And I said, Oh my God. Oh my God. I just had a realization. And I said to him, because our space has always been safe to say what's so. And that's how we created the dynamic. There's nothing wrong. You can say what's so. I said, what was so I said, I know I have not given you my heart with the knife. Like you said, you gave to me. I thought originally I had, but I know now for sure I haven't. I've been guarding it this whole time. And once, it doesn't matter what people say to you, once you yourself have clarity on that, you can't unsee that. And then because I'm committed to being responsible in our dynamic on what we've created I said, I have to deal with this now. I have to, you know, have one of those long discussions that we don't necessarily, isn't convenient, we want to have. But I have to have it now because it's right now happening. And it was transformative for me. Yeah, well, clarity leads to action. And when you have clarity, you can take action. There's a few different things I heard you guys say right now that are, like, I think important to touch on. So, when you were talking about, I didn't show up, my story did. And like, I'm not sure if those are the words you used, but the thing I'm realizing about a lot of folks, and this is maybe just sort of the sadder part of humanity right now, is we become so deeply isolated in the worlds we live in, especially with our main access to other people's lives being our phones and these very curated experiences that are being fed to us. People are starting to see people as less people and more available, consumable items, maybe. And it's it's a very strange thing to witness folks rebounding in the echo chambers of their projections. What I'm going to say to you next is going to blow your mind. Okay, you ready? Get it. Ready? Yeah. Okay. We don't actually listen to anybody we talk to. We listen to our own opinions about what they have to say. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to go get the title of this book because like this absolute fucking cutie just put me onto real game. So let me go get this book. So I grabbed two of them. I, right now I'm reading Polysecure, Attachment, Trauma, and Consensual Non-Monogamy, which I 
literally think is like you probably shouldn't be having sex until you read it and then (laughs) my second fave and this goes very much into what you just said is called you're not listening (laughs) what you're missing and why it matters kate murphy is the author it's it's hard to read it's hard to read because the immediate thing that you're forced into recognizing is that you're responsible (laughs) for all of the shit that you imagine other people might be responsible for. And that kind of wake up call is not something folks can do without support. So I would suggest again, if people are diving into these waters to find themselves a therapist, get somebody to bounce off of. But the two books I just suggested, Polysecure by Jessica Fern, and You're Not Listening by Kate Murphy, absolute canon text, (laughs) in my opinion, if you want to be moving through this world without taking a shit in everybody's fucking backyard. No, David, this is really good stuff. You know, i got to just say that getting to know you has been one of the most enlightening experiences of my journey in this oh world of sexuality. Oh, my God. I know. Like so, kindred spirits. Yeah, oh, my so, God. So, first of all, thank you so much for sharing so authentically. And then thank you for coming on. Can I just say thank you for being yourselves? <laughs> you guys are so rad. And yeah, no, I my heart is melting. You said the words I love to hear. There's nothing more I desire in this world than being something people can learn from. Like it's maybe even what I hope for, you know, and I, I tend to be someone who shares from my heart and I tend to maybe be a little more open than most. And Sometimes folks bump against that and it's strange for them. And then sometimes folks like you are like cute. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's a nice thing. So I'm going to keep doing what I do and you guys keep doing what you do. Thank you guys. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!